You're listening to Reawaken, a podcast by the Humane Clinic. Our hosts are Humane Clinic therapists Matt Ball, Rory Ritchie, and Bernie Maywald. Our theme music is Hope by the talented Addo Mull. Everywhere people, in every place, all of the countries and each race, need your hope. That's what this word is in need. Hope is in the water that sprouts the seed. Hope is the thing that stops you bleeding. So, welcome back to Reawaken, uh, another podcast in the series, the, the new series, and um, it's really nice to be here. We're going to do a check-in as we do, and uh, Rory's going to give us a bit of an overview about what we're going to talk about today, I think. Cool. I forgot about check-in. Should we do that first and then yep. introduce them? Cool. How are you? Would you like to check in first today? Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of had a busy weekend in my head. Uh, last week at work finished off with some difficult stories uh, in the lives of us and the people we're around. And I think that generated lots of uh, thought and ideas and feelings and curiosities, questions, some agitation and things like that. So I kind of come in this morning pretty driven, pretty focused on what do I want to do to not be contributing to the to the difficult things people have in their lives. So even if I can't do anything to change anything, I'm aware that I want to not be part of the difficulty. Um, and I've had a really nice weekend with my family. Um yeah, just lots of really cool stuff. I just want to say last night I'm out skating with my daughter at sunset, watching the sunset over the southern hills and the ocean and spent all day swimming with my other two kids and time with my wife and, you know, just to, yeah, some really nice space. Nice. Yeah, thank you. And how are you? Um, as you were talking, one of my, what we might call vertical voices was thinking oh, I haven't thought about what I'm gonna share after pressing record on the podcast <laughs> um I had qu- quite a night of really vivid dreams strange dreams so I've woken up a bit sideways from that I'm realizing um and then really enjoyed our group supervision space this morning with you and Bernie mm. just discussing some client work and where we're at and Reconnecting with you two for the start of the week was really nice. Mm. Really enjoyed it, actually. Just kind of being the three of us and, yeah, talking about important things. It was nice. Um, So I'm good. I've got a bit of a day ahead of me that I have some things to do that are going to involve me actually sitting down and doing them (laughs) and not a kind of procrastinating and jumping from conversation to conversation with you and Bernie throughout the day. Um, So I might close the door of my therapy room later and do some paperwork that I really need to get done. Um, Mm. But no, other than that, quite good and looking forward to sitting here with you for half an hour or so. Cool, thank you. I just want to let everyone know if if they're curious what we're doing with that. Mm. That's just sort of an example of just listening. One mm. person gets to speak and be heard and the other person manages their stories, mm. as you alluded to. Mm. So, yeah, thank, thanks. It was good mm. to hear you. 
and that it's a nice experience to just check in or check out with where you're at as yeah. well as a nice experience to notice how often we don't really slow ourselves down and listen to someone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I almost um, caught myself, well, I caught myself almost jumping in to talk about your um, skating adventures and because that's something I quite enjoy. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm just listening. I want to hear what Matt has to say about yeah. I wouldn't have heard that you got to go swimming with your two other girls. Mm. Had I jumped in and started having a laugh about your skating, burgeoning skating career. <laughs> yeah. 47. <laughs> yeah. So what are we going to talk about today, Rory? Right. So this is something I suggested to Matt that we might talk about and couched in some recent experience Matt's had personally, um, where we've been at, where Matt's been at with that recently what we're the kind of conversations we've been having at the clinic about it so what I wanted to talk about today was mental health celebrity or mental health on social media mental health awards mental health in the media where are we going with it all Mm. what's it about what service or disservice does it do to understanding how we might better be with people in distress and help people live good lives yeah um so i'm wondering if you wanted to talk to your own personal experience of an international award lately and i'm kind of interested in your experience and whether you found it a worthwhile or not worthwhile experience and kind of where that sent you in your thinking about how we approach trying to get out to the world and to this yep. city we live in, even the state we live in, even that we might offer alternative human alternatives to working with people in distress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such a big story, isn't it? A subject to get to, but I think just to contextualize it, I was fortunate that a year or so ago someone said, Oh, there's this award coming up this global nursing award and um, I guess the truth and the headline is there was quarter of a million US dollars um, attached to it and lots of of public profile around it Um, and it was a celebration of nursing Uh, and of course we know in the mental health space nursing has a, a history that that needs exploring you know once they were custodians then there was this era where mental health nurses um there's some beautiful theorists that talked about human connection uh and and being with one another mutual teachers um on journeys together and then it seems to me that in the modern era we've reverted back mostly to being custodians and employing a mental health act um and then there's where does the responsibility lie? Because lo- I know when I speak on this, lots of people can feel that I'm getting at them and being unkind, and I, that's not my intention. Mm-hmm. My intention is to say, well, why? What was your motives? Your intentions of being in this field? What What did you want to do? And 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 do you feel like you're able to do that and are doing that? And if if not, I wonder if you want to reset and start doing that. What do you need to be compassionate in relationship, loving, mutual in learning? Because that's what I believe mental health nursing should be about. 
so so yeah so then so that that's sort of the idea that mental health nursing could fit into a global nursing award as as was being couched as these kind of amazing people doing amazing things i was thinking look i'm aware this has a double edge to it as does everything i suppose more than one view two-eyed seeing you know lewis madrona would talk about from an indigenous perspective but there's a two, two versions of this so i i got nominated for this award um and part of it was that it was an opportunity to advance and tell the world about just listening community and about humane clinic and why do i want to talk about that because we're trying to do something different fundamentally different and that sort of sits juxtaposed to the you, you you introducing the podcast which was about where do social media awards pseudo celebrity sit well it seems to me that much of mental health services are being shaped by social media pseudo celebrity of a few characters mm-hmm. and you know awards bizarrely have an enormous place to play and if you don't know about awards they, they're it's a beautiful honor and it's beautiful to be recognized by your peers and by other people there is no doubt there's a celebration of great things going on but in the world of apparent evidence-based healthcare, winning an award elevates your position and authority to speak. There's no evidence base about it. So when when Asta Global decided Asta Guardian's Global Nursing Award came up, it was an opportunity to put ourselves out there. Potentially, it was an opportunity to take out two hundred fifty thousand US dollars, which let's name it for what it is would fund our charity for three yeah. years. That's what we're doing this on. We're running an alternative community to the mental health system for $100,000 a year. So this was an opportunity to change that up and have some security there. Um, And and so that's what you're talking about with the awards. So I went and did that. I I was a finalist out of 10 out of 24,000 nominations and it was amazing. Got taken to Dubai and treated very beautifully. uh, particularly by the hosts, uh, the three people that were hosting it, met some other great nurses and heard some incredible stories. I was the only mental health nurse. But what came with it was an enormous hangover and some real questions of integrity of myself and doubts about, do I really want to be a pseudo-celebrity social media influencing mental health practice? Or do we want our practice, yours, mine, Bernie, Sean, Saki's, do we want that practice to be the narrative that gets the narrative out there. And perhaps my biggest reflection is that I want our work to be valuable enough that people want to access it and tell others about it rather than big awards mm. and social media. It's a long rant. Yeah. No, and I remember your discomfort even before going. You spoke to the hangover from it afterwards, but even before going, feeling pretty uncomfortable about what it was, what was the motivations for doing it. Yeah. Well, we could have some money to make our charity work a bit more sustainable through the Just Listening community. Also, we really believe that we have this alternative approach to being with people both in our psychotherapy work but also in our Just Listening approach, which any person in the community can offer someone else and that it's important enough to try and get out there and get that story out there on a bigger scale knowing how much we've struggled yeah. to get traction even on a local scale in yeah. the city we live in to get kind of real government support or other types of support behind it yeah um what i'm 
wondering what your experience of being received as a mental health nurse in Dubai was like, what's the mental health understanding scene, let alone alternatives, look like? Uh, I think we can, for the most part, my experience of going there, and I, know I didn't meet that many people, but my experience was we can wipe out the language of alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think suicide, if we take that, it was certainly till very long, shortly before I went there, illegal still, and people were still getting convicted for attempting to end their own life. Uh, and it's very easy to be negative about a country or a culture's position on that. But of course, one might ask, what freedoms are lost in this country if you talk too much about suicide? It's not, you're not an illegal act, but you there is a mental health act that takes away your rights to freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so over there, I didn't hear much about mental health there was, you know, extensive healthcare services out there, mostly in the private sector, but some benevolent institutions. But for the most part, mental health wasn't talked about. Mm-hmm. So health was celebrated as something that should be available to people. And I think depending on, on any group and culture, there's there's levels at which people can access healthcare. That's part of the social determinants and the problems. But, um, and pot- potentially the solutions, if we can face that. But... Uh, it was notable that we don't talk about suicide there and mental health and things like schizophrenia labels were very much medicalized within a medical system. Again, is that really any different to Australia at the moment? You know, there's lots of talk of alternatives. Mm. There's lots of people talking about how we're going to do things differently, but most of them get co-opted into systems which are very dominant and are very much about your distress meets the criteria for this condition therefore you have this disorder you're mentally ill and even if we shift the language to mental health or well-being underpinning what we do in australia and in dubai (laughs) was broken brains denoted by a set of behaviors that someone says means mental illness Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was interesting it was much less talked about much less hype about it I would argue much less neoliberal sort of ideology about it. We just don't talk about it. But we could we could reflect on how much, and maybe we could in the second half, how much the social media environment and the, the, the headlines of alternatives has really created change in this country, Australia, about mental health. And that's where my mind's going. What we might talk a bit about in the second half is... I'm quite, quite uncomfortable with the idea of mental health celebrity and then where does a regular Australian person hear somebody talking about challenging does mental health even exist? Where does somebody hear about what is the thing that underpins these diagnostic labels that we take for granted in our yeah. society so without people standing up and playing the game of media and celebrity yeah. and people doing kind of advocacy or activism how does anything change so yeah absolutely and just on that and then we'll go to a break right but i was invited to go on insight sbs's insight to talk about hearing voices and i put myself forward as a nurse practitioner with a lived experience they did not want to talk about me as a nurse practitioner Mm. they wanted to talk about me as a lived experience person well fine i don't mind talking about both but I kept saying to them, no, I'm, I'm interested to talk as a nurse practitioner who's a professional in the field who's happy to speak of alternatives. That, that wasn't what we did. And what did the show 
talk about. It talked about hearing voices as part of schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how 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 possible is it for a voice to be out there without a sense of celebrity, with just just these conversations? Can we have them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we Go to have a, break? a quick break and then come back and talk again? Great. Okay. See you in a sec. Cool. Hey everyone, some of the upcoming workshops and training at Humane Clinic in the first half of 2023 include Accepting and Working with Voices, Working with Psychosis and Trauma, The Power Threat Meaning Framework, Mental Health Treatment Order Advocacy, Suicide Narratives and our six-week Just Listening training. To learn more about our workshops, visit humaneclinic.com.au or email us at info at humaneclinic.com.au. Welcome back. We had a little break. We did. I enjoy the little breaks. We kind of reflect on what we were talking about and think about the next bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder where we want to go with talking about how mental health is being shaped by social media. I want to clarify what we mean by mental health celebrity at some point. Right. Do you want to do that now? Yeah, I can do. I, I, um, I suppose what I mean is characters in the public eye who whatever they say gets traction mm-hmm. at different levels mm-hmm. um, by their by their c- celebrity status within the mental health field, which often outside of the mental health field is no status. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of people that transverse that, but for the most part, most people who we know are, who are talking about different ideas in mental health and challenging systems and ideas are not well known in the house of the person in the street down the road here. Mm-hmm. But might be more well known in the in ministers' offices or yeah. in a political scene, so they attach their name to something. Funding may flow. Absolutely. Or, or are invited to events around the country and around the world to talk and influence yeah. others. And, that, and that's the nature of the world, right? Right. And that's social media and that's the current environment. But, you know, thinking about two former prime ministers being the head of a well-known charity uh, that, that gets contracts and directs policy and process around the general mental health of society in Australia, you know, it's an enormous endorsement to have former prime ministers there. It doesn't mean that what that organisation's doing has any more or less credibility than any other. And the importance of that for me is that this is about yours, mine, our kids, our friends, the person down the road's freedoms, access to connection, humanity, building of community, building capacity in community, because the endorsements of well-known people mean that, oh, well, that must be true then, we'll do that. It's often not the case. So then there's a pressure, I guess, in our context of being an alternative clinic to start running alongside that game because otherwise we're just three therapists doing the humane compassionate work that we do yeah but maybe we feel more of a pull to have more of a mission or influence in that that the ideas or the the 
things we see working with the people that we work with matter so much that then yeah and and also the things that we see not working for some people that we work right. with and them needing to find another option right. you know we i'm very clear that i don't think our work suits everyone mm-hmm. but what happens with the kind of pseudo celebrity bandwagon models that are so hard to penetrate is that everybody gets offered a very small range of options mm-hmm. and one thing we learned a reawaken event was people want a vast array of options of which we are one so how do we get the vast array of options into the domain when you've got these kind of strangleholds um that that feels really tricky and i i have some sympathy sometimes not always but some sympathy with governments or big providers that need to perpetuate what they're doing because of short-term cycling or or whatever Mm. that it would be leaps of faith to step outside of that and mm. do something different. But I think when we're talking about human beings being human, we need to take leaps of faith. Right. And this isn't, we didn't discuss going here, but I'm going to ask you this. Do other industries have the same level of celebrity that mental health does? So it does seem like this slightly awkward relationship if we're talking about mental health, particularly if we're talking about mental health as what we can understand as just human beings responding to often quite traumatic, unusual things, painful things happening in their life and how we deal with those as we go on in our lives, then we have this cast of quite charismatic mental health celebrities that sits quite awkward with me that often get quite a big following Mm. from other professionals, people with the lived experience of systems or mental health or mm. who have a diagnosis. I wonder, does the gas and oil industry yeah. have these kind of yeah. quite stylish, charismatic leaders in the field that I'm not sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. And, <laughs> and then I, and I want to immediately go, as you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, maybe they do actually. I hadn't thought about that. And I was thinking, there's a difference though, right? You need to convince people to drill holes in the earth. Maybe I have an idealistic hope that we don't have to convince people to be more compassionate, to trust in community and humans that they will evolve in ways with less restrictions, with less charismatic uh, manipulation, if you like. And it, it reminds me as well, one of, my, one of my thoughts I was thinking recently... I'd love to get someone to talk in public about an experience they've been describing. And I was thinking, ah, oh, oh yeah, that's that's something that worries me about the 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 social media, the marketing, influencing side. Is are we grooming people? You know, on their experiences. So talk in public about it. It'll be amazing. It'll be emancipating. It'll make you know you'll be so important and influential. You'll affect change. Oh, how do you feel? Now you've just exposed your story for $25 on a stage or even less. Yeah. And if your lived experience or your ability to talk about it can help you pull a wage or have an income or change your environment Mm. slightly, then how do you stop being able to tell your story when it's no longer of any use to your recovering 
life or you moving on from the experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah these are complex scenarios, aren't yeah. they? And and so there's there's the pseudo celebrity idea and then there's what that entails mm. for people. And of course everyone's responsible and could take take responsibility for their own actions and move away. And as you know, last year I decided to come off social media and stop doing so much public stuff and then uh <laughs> over a very short period I realised oh yeah, no, you don't exist if you're not in the public eye, as in our business and our work. So, oh, best pop back on there. How do you pop back on there without selling yourself and feeling over and over again that someone's just used your narrative? Mm-hmm. And and we've used it to further our mm. story, but yeah, there's two different things there, you using it and it being used. Uh, right all the way up to the top to these big sort of celebrities in our field. So I do think it's different to the mining industry because it's about humans uh, without clarity on the agreement of what we're trying to achieve. So I, I, I always go back to people leaving institutions in America in the 60s, standing on the steps of institutions, shouting loudly their voice for the first time. That's quite different to standing on a sanitized platform uh, at a conference that someone's making something out of and perpetuating their business model mm-hmm. and someone being coached to tell their story. They're two different things. Yeah. And then that's where my mind's going, it is an industry, mental health is an industry and that's part of what we're talking about. It's competitive, yeah. it's a conflicted space, people are competing for money, for ideas, particularly in our kind of neoliberal systems of 2023 yeah there is competitive mental health businesses competing against each other and that goes all the way through to pharmaceutical companies to more and more uh organizations who are getting ndis funding to offer support to people who have a psychosocial disability yeah. yeah, and uh, I, that's such a good point you raised. You know, th- they are competing. We are competing yeah. against each other. We're not actually in competition if this is about humans mm-hmm. and communities and society feeling more able to find spaces to be who they are and evolve in a sort of organic way. That, then that competition environment doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I remember meeting someone who was from a very well-known organisation and them telling me that they'd influenced the outcome of a budget decision with the former prime minister and just thinking wow that's where we're at right is if you and and there was it, it was an honest conversation but it was like oh so you've spent the last x number of years getting into the prime minister's office so you have a guarantee of a thing i get that's how politics works but that is so so far removed from the lives of the people that we meet on a daily basis how do we close that gap a bit and and i don't mean to appropriate closing the gap mm. from other areas but mm. but that's why it's such a useful term right how do we bring it back to community to society's interactions um and away from that kind of celebrity comp- competition marketplace which i don't think served people very well mm. um, and we hear that from a lot of people that use our services here you know one of the things i hear most is the, the free groups that we run here for people who have suicidal experiences and uh, another group for people who hear voices or have other unusual realities or alternative realities. 
the re- repetitive narrative there is what a refreshing experience it is to be able to come somewhere and know you won't be detained, know you won't be stopped from saying things that are that are difficult for people to hear. And isn't it unreal that a place like this exists? Well, it, that's the sad bit for me. It shouldn't be very unreal. You know, all the mantras that haven't been met about open doors and no doors, the wrong door and all those things. There's a lot of wrong doors out there. And then so you're taking me back down to the smaller local community scale of things, Mm. which is how do people find out about other things going on that aren't what's happening down the hospital or in a psychiatrist's office. So also then there's work to be done to spread the word that there's alternatives a b and c that you might like to try but somebody kind of sitting at home maybe in a position where they don't know where to turn or what they've been offered by mainstream services aren't helpful then also whatever we want to call it marketing promoting pseudo celebrity Mm. what role does that have to play in just getting on someone's radar on a local scale that the just listening community exists you might like to try yeah. what it's like just to be able to come anon- anonymously to a service and be heard for one hour and walk away again and see if that is something that you'd value in your life. Yeah, I, I love that. And we've got, um, in, in our local area, in Onkapringa, we've got community houses. So you've got Christie's Downs and Hackham and, and, and Elizabeth House. And uh, I think of those places and I think, are they not places of people managing their mental health? But without the label, I mean, some some of the programs they'll be there, but there are places of connection, there are places of opportunity, there are places of ideas, there are places that often don't have much money, they don't have the social media presence and the pseudo celebrity attached to them. But I'm pretty well. I know that some people go to those places and don't use mental health services. And this isn't new. This isn't new knowledge. This is community development. It's community. So how do we return it back to, you know, probably the people within a square kilometre of here? need to know what's available within the square kilometre of here, not to know what's available via a media piece in Canberra. Because mm-hmm. how does that how does that how does that relate to a person's life? All the online stuff, I know there's a place for online. We live in 2023. But do people want online services or do they want to be able to be in connection in the environments and the colloquial and culturally sensitive, wonderfully sensitive environments in which they live? Um, and, and that seems to me not to be a new problem, but it seems to be that we're ever going away from those contexts. Uh, and, I, and I wonder how we start to return, as you say, to letting people know locally what's available locally, the vast array that might be available locally. Mm. Mm. I'm not quite, I wasn't quite sure where we were going to go talking about this or what conclusion we might come to, but it's just reminded me that and it's something we've talk, talked about a lot before, which is running everything we do through the filter of, well, what's in the best interest of the people we work with. Yeah. So if we can justify something we're doing, other than sitting and being with somebody, so whether that be an interview or a keynote or something that looks like pseudo celebrity, where's what argument justifies yeah. being involved in it, and is that in the best interests of making just listening more available to more yeah. people, continuing the sustainability of just listening so the doors stay stay open so, and how we balance that 
that argument against other arguments that kind of feel a bit more icky or uncomfortable or this kind of competitive money grabbing yeah because and on that i want to i really agree with that because also those keynotes those talks those interviews what if they connect someone up in melbourne with a local model in melbourne you know that that's an outcome for me of just listening Mm -hmm. being out there in the marketplace Mm -hmm. is that someone in another area might access the local services Mm -hmm. because so i'm I'm, i've got a meeting shortly and i'm going to be talking to someone about the possibility of doing a lecture in melbourne this year and i think Yes, it might bring attention to what we're doing to people in extreme states, altered realities, psychosis, if that's what people get it referred to. But hopefully it'll raise awareness that there's probably someone sitting right outside the building I'll do the lecture in who's hearing voices, seeing something. And it might be as simple as someone walking down the street and saying hi to them because they've been given confidence that that's a totally legitimate response to psychosis. (laughs) So, yeah, how do these things justify for the people we meet and the representatives of that, those members of society in other groups and areas? And just, I'm really passionate at the moment about how community can deliver most of the mental health services that we have. Mm-hmm. And that is a shift in cultural thinking in terms of mental health systems um, because it's frightening for the guild interests, for the professionals, for the emerging movements for the for the for the politicians but oh, it's so exciting as well let's train we got let's train a thousand people locally here in how to connect right just how to connect and listen mm-hmm. and see if that helps in the iga in the local shop in the hairdressers in the street on the bus you got permission people mm. <laughs> been an exciting time I'm wondering, we ought to finish up, but is there anything yeah, you wanted to, to bring it together with or, or are you, where are you? Um, no, I'm wondering where we've landed. Mental health, celebrity and uncomfortable but undeniable thing that exists. I liked talking more about or getting my own head around, hang on, wait, what are the experiences that people have watching something or hearing somebody talk and explaining, you may have this psychiatric label, but here's some evidence to show you that, well, really these labels are just made up concepts or even there's no evidence for the label you've been given as being a genetic biological condition. Here's how we might see that it could be linked to things that have happened in life and yeah. the, the way that you might respond or different um, situations might make you feel or make you respond to keep yourself safe, well, maybe that's pretty understandable in the context of your life where these, like, it's important for people to have this experience and hear people talk on these topics yeah. rather than just the mainstream story of psychiatry that takes people's freedoms and power away often. Yeah. by being labelled with a mental health diagnosis and feeling like there's no way to not be that label. That yeah. That's a life sentence. And how do how did because that was beautiful what you just said and I think how does how do you not get turned into a celebrity on a podcast? Because we're putting it out there because right as we're speaking, somebody else is saying what you're saying in the next village, in the next road, mm-hmm. in the next street, in all over the place. Well as we know in the office of professionals all around the country and around the world, people are saying, this is what's happened to me. 
Yeah. And often their story is not heard. Yeah. And often professionals were probably sitting behind going, what I'm doing doesn't make sense. So maybe we're not that far away, but we don't need to make celebrities out of people that have these conversations. We need to make them more common, right? More normal. Mm-hmm. See, I think I started with hoping this to be a bit of a, bit of a takedown of mental health celebrity because I think there's a lot of bullshit involved. Yeah, so do I. And now I'm quite passionate. Like I yeah. feel like we've done. I feel. Like, I wish we could have done this talk on a stage or something because I feel yeah, like there's yeah, important yeah. things that yeah. need to be talked about. Yeah, so. how do we shift it? And yeah. this is the ebb and flow that we go through yeah. with it, right? And then it, you do something and it feels pointless and soulless and you feel used or like yeah. no one's listening and maybe we're just better off returning to the wonderful people that we work with and doing good yeah. things and that's the best way to make change and round and round and round we go, right? Yeah. yeah. And imagine if these open <laughs> conversations happen everywhere. Wow. We, people would have real choice. Mm. So. Look, we probably ought to wrap it up. Thank you. I'm really glad you you. summarized it like that. It was really powerful. And I want to say again, we said before, you know, if you've got topics you want us to converse about or questions you want to ask, please email us at info at humaneclinic.com.au. And yeah, we look for, I look forward to recording another podcast with you. I know we've made a list, haven't we? And there's going to be some fun stuff. coming. I wanted to add the group work we do, which might be a chance to bring Bernie back in and speak to her about. Yeah. suicide narratives and hearing voices groups and how those groups are run and what they offer yeah i think that's one i'd really like to talk about in the future yeah nice all right well okay. we'll see you next time thank you thank you everywhere people in every place all of the countries and each race need your hope that's what this word is in need hope is in the water that sprouts the seed hope is the thing that stops you bleed hope is the irie in the weed so give hope and live hope and when your kids are hungry feed them hope if the system bleeds you dry have hope if the situation makes you cry have hope because now it's time to dry your eyes and hope that that'll keep your dreams alive i hope that you hope because everyone's future is resting on your hope can take the worst thing and turn it around hope can find the loss that was not to be found hope can make the loser them start gaining ground and hope can turn your pennies right back into pounds this hope can be rebuilt even when it's been killed and if you believe your hope will be fulfilled but people lie just to raise your hope just to make you think that they're helping you cope they're selling you eggs without no yolk they're wearing you down until your will is broke This ain't real hope, they don't feel hope They real hope and deal hope and turn it into false hope Then we give up on this world like it's a sinking boat We let each other drown instead of flinging the rope We're turning the place into some kind of joke But we can't laugh, we can't lose hope In these times while they commit these crimes Because there's nothing else out here keeping us afloat Hope is elusive, a glint in the eye That something is exclusive, a thing they can buy or make excuses, they just sit and ask why Our mistakes are conclusive, hope will just die But I wouldn't lie, singing all lullaby Give hope a try, and hope gets high You'll be bereaved, but you'll also receive Have hope, can be deceived, you've just got to believe And hope, don't let it leave, or ever receive Just hope, and then one day, you're going to succeed You can't live without hope, don't go without hope Don't doubt hope, will keep you warm when you're shivering with cold Young when you're tired and old Hope can make a bright man hearty and bold But hope can find the truth that has never been told Cause some people take hope And some people make hope But you are the people, you people here 
You're the ones that I feel are sincere You're raising my hope We'll hold your hand when you're feeling secure Hope will find a way through any long door Hope will give you guidance when you're feeling unsure Make a point in the wise even when there's a door Hope will fill your belly when you think you need more Stop disease when there isn't a cure Hope will do it all and so much more And so much more and so much more And so much more Hope will do it all And so much more